city to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network. Hey, this is Erica Fernandez from Black Sports Online, your girl, Curls and Sports, and this is the Price Check Podcast. Welcome to Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price, joined by my man, all into the A-Train Lane today. Back for the first time in a while, pandemic edition. <laughs> hope hope y'all it- are quarantining well. <laughs> is it really? It is, yeah, pandemic edition, man. We, um... Of course, want to get into a little bit about, you know, this whole talk about the NBA's return and all that. But the real reason we are here today is because we've been watching The Last Dance now for the last four weeks. Yeah. The last two episodes come on this Sunday. Yes, they do. Uh, I believe that's the 17th. Right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Come on this Sunday. And so... I've made a couple posts on Facebook and on Twitter about um, the documentary as a whole, but more specifically, this LeBron James versus Michael Jordan debate that we seem to have to have after every set of episodes go off on Sunday night. So that's going to be the majority of this podcast. But, of course, wouldn't be the price check if we didn't talk about the league and what's actually happening right now, which, while there is no basketball currently going on, there is a plan or talks of a plan coming in place now with the league. Uh, Adam Silver had a call with all of the owners, I believe, on Monday, uh, as well as some of the league's star players, where, one, all of the players who were on that call, which I believe included LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul. I'm going to leave some of these guys out because I think there maybe have been 11 or 12 players that were actually on the call. But um, basically just ask the star players, like, look, do y'all want to play or not? And, as far as all the reports go, is a unanimous yes in terms of their desire to uh, resume the season. Um, a lot of the questions have been about do they start in the regular season or do they just go straight ahead to the playoffs. All indications are that the players want to resume the regular season, which is kind of logical. You That's want some warm-up games before you go right into it. Um, plus, you got teams like Portland, New Orleans that – they're not in the playoff picture right now, so they want to try to resume the season so they can get in. <laughs> and then you got teams like the Warriors. It's like, you know what? The hell with the season. I don't want to Yeah, look. <laughs> Steve Kerr said, we in off-season mode. I don't know I don't know what season y'all think we're going to resume right now. We already hung it up. It's, it's over with. So um, they are making a decision on a return, uh, according to Woj of ESPN, uh, within the next two to four weeks, which – Makes sense because you probably, you know, you look at it, we are about halfway through the month of May right now. Right. You've basically got all of June to get your plan moving in motion. You probably got to pick this up by, like, the 4th of July would be my guess. Oh, great. Summer basketball, what we're supposed to be. I, I mean, and so, speaking of that, there were some rumors out there, even before coronavirus hit us. Right. That... The NBA was looking at possibly tweaking the schedule with all of, like, the whole, you know, tournament ideas and, you know, things that they wanted to do. If you're going to try anything, now's the time to do it. Because, it, you know, the thought process behind all of that is, hey, we want to move the start of the NBA season later into the winter to where, you know, you're not quite competing with the NFL the way that you do to start the season right now. Right. Um, They also want to put themselves in a position to kind of have more of a stranglehold on the summer, uh, which 
crazy enough, we have never had basketball past the month of June, yet the NBA still gets covered throughout the entire summer as though there is basketball going on. <laughs> so That's called the summer leagues, baby. Hey, so, you know, this would be the time to try to play around with schedules and, and you know, how you do that. Um, ideal situation, if I'm giving my opinion on it, is, you know, you start sometime around Christmas uh, to where, you know, those Christmas Day games, rather than kind of being the marquee matchups as you get closer to the midway point of your season, um, can kind of highlight the start of the season. And then, you know, carry this thing on through to where you get through the finals, at least in what this year would be probably around, like, Labor Day. That's kind of crazy, man, because if you do that, you got to remember that you're only going to have a month left before the actual season you know, returns to yeah. the next season, 2020-21. Right. And I'm so, like, ugh, that's kind of iffy, man. But, I mean, it, depending on how they do it, because if you think about it, you know, let's say the finals end like that first week-ish of June, you got, or I'm sorry, like the, yeah, maybe about the first week or so of June, you got the draft that usually happens towards the tail end of June. And then summer league right after that, and then people go to training camps in like, you know, late August, early September. So, yeah, at least by August, they're getting themselves ready. So, you know, the difference in time isn't, you know, quite as significant because you're just moving the calendar back as opposed to shrinking the right. initial time. And the players getting their break right now. Hey, me. look, <laughs> I'm telling you, no low management when hey, y'all man, come I'm back, sick man. of seeing Giannis videos and he's trying to sing and whatnot, man. <laughs> look, they got to keep themselves busy somehow. I, yeah, but that's true. And then uh, congratulations to him. I think uh, his, him and his uh, wife just had a baby, you know? Yeah, they did. They did have a uh, baby. I think maybe right before the break. And, and uh, congratulations to you too, oh, sir. Yeah. So for those of y'all listening who, you know, maybe not follow me on social media or whatnot, or, you know, I didn't really necessarily make an announcement on the podcast before, nope. but part of the, the reason behind the break, not even, you know, be a, not even just the, uh, you know, virus and the pandemic that's going on, but of course, help, you know, welcome in my first child into the world, you know, baby boy Josiah. So um, one day he'll be able to go back and listen to these. Quite not, you know, maybe not no time soon, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but. Oh, Josiah. Yeah. So, yes, appreciate everybody who, you know, gave me, you know, congratulations and well wishes on the internet and everything. You know, I ain't on social media too much, but when I am, people tend to show love. So, you know, the last day has brought that out of you. Hey, look, so, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because we just said way right on to it. We're yeah. going to go right into it because over the past couple weeks is where I really started to get annoyed. Uh huh. And,. I'm not even just annoyed with LeBron fans because there are some Michael Jordan fans I'm annoyed with as well. <laughs> now, Arlington is not being one of them because Arlington, while he is a Michael Jordan fan, he also is not a you know an overt fan or a stand is what people would refer to it as. Um, but that's hard too, though. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? I look, I live it. I, I live it with Kobe, right? Yeah. I know. That Kobe Bryant does not have a claim to be the greatest player of all time. However, let's not change how I view Kobe because I, I can appreciate the greatness regardless of the title, right? Uh-huh. At the end of the day, Kobe won five rings, put up 81 points in the game, had a game where he did 62 and three quarters, won a couple of Olympic rings. He got look. He got the accomplishments and he got the resume. He has done stuff that Mike hasn't done. He he's got stuff that Mike hasn't done. He's done stuff that LeBron hasn't done. Vice versa, they've both done things that he's never accomplished, right? So, putting it all out there, because today's going to be a day of putting everything on the table and, and viewing it as it is. So, with that said, 
we must, well, I'll take a step back. Before we go into this whole discussion of who versus who, I must say, regardless of who your favorite player is and the whole GOAT debate and whatnot, we all have to admit that the Last Dance documentary has been great so far. Like Siskel and Ebert two thumbs <laughs> up. Yes. Like, Rest I wish them both. I wish I had more hands so I could get out with a four thumbs up. <laughs> so, two thumbs up, man. Um, it's, given, it's really, it's given us everything that we have wanted. Literally everything that we wanted. So, y'all know for me for sure. <laughs> but even so, and, and so we kind of talked about it in my Kobe tribute where, for me, Kobe was my Jordan because I got to see the totality of his career. So, kind of backtracking here, I really, my first kind of like memories of watching basketball games on TV, understanding what was going on, is pretty much about what the last two episodes of The Last Dance is going to cover, which is like the last two finals appearances that Mike had. And even for that first one, it's like, I knew the Bulls won. <laughs> I knew who Mike was. I knew the Bulls won. I couldn't appreciate the greatness at the time. I'm like five, six years old. I don't know. But at the same time, I can establish a fandom with the game, right? And for those that want to say that Jordan played against plumbers hey, look, and educators and all that kind of stupid stuff. I want to introduce everybody to a little lovely website called basketballreference.com. <laughs> because if you have not visited yet, you can go get literally – down to the single game box scores of every single player's career. Everybody. Everybody. Michael Jordan, LeBron, Deshaun Stevenson, Lou Williams, whoever. Whatever you want to do. Let me put it to you like this. As much as they could compile in a certain amount of time, because also, one thing, I got to get the logistics, certain stats will not be on certain players, like steals, blocks, Right, because, because it wasn't of an what, official yeah. stat. Yeah, because of the time frame in which those stats became officially recognized by the league. But yeah. So for me, going and going back and viewing a lot of this stuff, especially the very early stuff of like him first coming into the league in like the eighties. Yes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> because not only did like the thing that really blew my mind about all of this was the whole Nike part of all of this. Yeah. Because understanding what we understand now about, like, star players and shoe deals and how those processes happen, to think that Mike, one, didn't even want to take the Nike meeting. Correct. Two, was only projected, or I would say a good projection for them was 3 to $4 million in initial sales. Correct. And they turned that into 126 million on Jordan ones. 126 in one year. In one year. They didn't expect and, that at all. And I don't know who did this, but the internet moves so fast that we just have to think. However, we got it. But I saw on Twitter somebody that said we all owe Dolores Jordan a thank you. Hell yeah. One, not because she actually got the deal to take place, but they swapped out. The Nike logo on the red, black, and white Air Jordan 1s and put three black Adidas stripes. And I'm going to tell y'all, that wouldn't have been the same shit. It wouldn't have been the same shit. We didn't want those. <laughs> the design would have been horrible. We didn't want the Air Jordan Adidas. Adidas. We didn't want that. And then, 
But the thing about that, and I'm glad that you brought that up, is that Nike, uh, it, David Falk, of course, Mike's agent for 19 years, you know, you know, helped to you know propel them to a lot of uh, deals and endorsements and all that good stuff. Two names come to mind. Of course, we got Dolores Jordan that yeah. told his, her son, you need to go sit in that meeting. Yes. You need to be there. At least listen. At least listen. And Sonny Vaccaro is funny. Yeah. They played the 30 for 30 with him right after the last dance, like a couple days later. Uh-huh. After that was they played that 30 for 30. He was also instrumental in getting the Air yeah. Jordan. And if y'all there. haven't seen the Sonny Vaccaro 30 for 30, uh, what is it, Soul Man, I think is the name Something of it? Something like that. Um, definitely check you that out on ESPN Plus or wherever you can find it because that definitely is Man. a good look into how all of this came to be when I, we know that. Sonny himself, when I say he's the main reason, one of the main reasons why Ed O'Bannon dropped in with the NCAA, did yeah. that lawsuit against uh, against them for the likeness of their name. Yeah. That was him. Yeah. And so that is crazy by itself. So he was like, how you get Sonny involved with Michael Jordan and Nike? That's huge, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's one thing of, of, of The Last Dance, man. And I'm like, woo, so much. And I was so glad that I got to see everything that I – Everything that I've asked for, yes, it's been given to. Me. And so, again, very nice segue because I know I have a lot of LeBron fans in my life. Almost too many. Almost. Like I've got room for maybe one more. And the only reason I have room for one more is because he happens to be on my favorite team right now. So I, I have room for one more. Outside of that. Look, we at capacity. The social distancing <laughs> rules won't be able to be followed if I allow more than one person on. We, look, it's not happening. But a lot of the folks that I know that are LeBron fans wanted to know, okay, are we going to get, you know, the watered-down version of this story where it only shows us, like, you know, the highlights, the six championships, none of the negativity or none of the, you know, criticism that might face. If I'm judging this, Every negative thing that you could throw at Mike, they showed. They they showed the you know whole thing about how which was the more I think about it, the more I kind of listen to how people brought it into you know play at the time. The fact that he kind of got blamed for his dad being killed is kind of messed up. Yeah, that that's kind of messed up. Regardless of what we knew or didn't know, which it turns out we didn't really know a lot about the situation at all. But to think that this man's gambling. You know, cause his dad to to pass away. I get it, but at the same time, that's kind of that's messed up to say out in public. It would be so different if Mike was hard on money. He said that himself. <laughs> he said it in the interviews himself. Granted, a lot of the stuff that was happening, even when he was saying it, was strange. Yeah, like Ahmad. You know, Ahmad is his boy. Right. His road dog. His man, a hundred grand every day. <laughs> If, 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 in my opinion, he's really his second, he's right-hand man, right. for real. He sat there and he said it was strange of Mike to sit there with some sunglasses on in the middle of this interview. After he told him, hey, man, get a camera so I can go speak my mind and tell everybody what's going on. Right. If you had sunglasses off, man, we'd have known the real side unless you was drunk or high. One or two, right. <laughs> One or two. It was strange. But 
that was the thing. He was not hard up on money, and he will never be. Yeah, because what was it? Bob Costas said, okay, look, $10,000 being gambled by Michael Jordan is like us taking $10. That's David. No, uh, you ain't going to disrespect David Aldridge, dog. I'm sorry, David. My Don't ba- disrespect look, David. I'm, look, I'm used to skipping the David <laughs> interviews on NBA 2K. I'm sorry. My bad, DA. Don't My bad. Look, My bad. So, yeah, DA says, you know, $10,000 to Mike is like $10 to Yeah. Us. Why are we in this man's pockets like this? Because the reason why we were in it is because it was being presented to us. And so because of that, and cause, of course they needed a news story just so, excuse me, they could say they have dirt. But thanks to Sam Smith and the Jordan rules, yeah. this is where we are now. Yep. This is where you start to see the scrutiny. Yep. This is where you start getting the criticism. And Because <laughs> his story, I believe Sam Smith, everything oh, yeah. he said. Yeah, but... The, the whole thing behind the Jordan rules was that was like kind of our first look at any type of negative light being shown on Mike. And so it's funny to see though, and again, LeBron fans, I'm not here. LeBron, Jordan fans, I'm not here to spread nobody's feelings today. Just putting it out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Price Check Podcast. <laughs> yes, we're not spreading no feelings today, okay? It's interesting to see Mike's response not only to the Jordan Rules, the book, but what Detroit was doing as the Jordan Rules. So it's it's also very interesting when you see LeBron and Mike's career and like some of their, the teams that they had to get over the hump against. A lot of similarities in those if you think about it across different eras. So we start with Detroit. Yep. LeBron kind of coming out party, Eastern Conference Finals. 2007, and you know, he goes off 28 out of 29 points and, and just goes ballistic. 48 points is just obliterating Detroit, right? Yep. Had to get over that hump to make his first finals appearance. Mike had to get past the bad boys. Now, granted, took Mike a few tries, but it was interesting to hear in the moment after I think that was the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals. Where he said, you know what, they had the better team, but our team is going to get better so we can be the better team next year. Some variation there. I'm kind of yeah. paraphrasing. Yep. Now, again, since we're not sparing fields, we're just presenting the facts as what they are. Yes. Fast forward to, I believe that's 2009. Okay. Or 2010. Hey, let's go. Okay. You go there. You go in there. So, I'm thinking of LeBron taking the Cleveland jersey off as he loses against Boston. Uh-huh. The thought process was not our team is going to be back and be better next year. Was I'm going to find a better team. <laughs> now, now don't get me wrong, because this is where I kind of not necessarily feel for LeBron, but understand the sense of you also have to take everything as situational. Jerry Krause, as terrible of an idea as it was to shove Mike's Scotty, Dennis, and Phil out the door. The thought process of I'm going to move on from my old guys before they become too old was the right thought process. Yeah. And taking that back to when Jerry was there, when Mike was trying to get over the hump with Detroit. Jerry wanted him to get over the hump just as much as Jordan wanted to get over the hump. Of course. LeBron didn't necessarily have that type of front office and stuff the first go-round in Cleveland. Right. Was playing with Danielle Marshall, <laughs> Delonte West. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people said he had to carry all of them to the uh, to the finals. 
Okay. That's what you want to give? Fine. So I, I do have to I do have to give LeBron that credit in that aspect. I'll give you that. He did not have the backing from a front office standpoint that Mike had. And that wasn't his fault for it. Yeah, was well, not his fault. Young guy, what? He was still 22 when he got he got to his first final. Yeah, yeah. So you know he gets his first finals at 22. Nobody expected him to beat the Spurs in 07. Hell, nobody even expected him to even get there. Right. To the so finals. the fact the fact that he got there was an accomplishment enough, right? Yeah. Now what we cannot do is make that same argument for the other eight finals. We can't just be happy to get there no more. <laughs> so we can't do. Because every every NBA player, y'all can stop me when I'm lying. Every NBA player, if you ask them in an interview setting, most important thing is what? Winning. Hold up. Wait a minute. No, I'm just teasing. Because <laughs> I was going to go there. I was going to say the same about Carmelo, but I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No, I said in an Carmelo interview. Carmelo want to win. In an interview setting, though, Melo's going to say he's going to win. Now, if he, if he just wants his checks on the back of that, I understand that, too. Keep banking, baby. Look. We, you know, we love securing the bag. You know, we haven't had a bag to secure here on the show, in, you know, in a few episodes. But it's okay. We're gonna get back to that. But so you have those kind of parallels between Mike and LeBron in terms of Mike wanting to get over the hump with the guys he had. Now, again, being slightly more equipped, and I won't even say slightly, he's more equipped. Yeah, Scotty, that was better than anybody LeBron played with on that first round of casting. Let's just let's keep it real, right? Let's not let's not fake it. But it's interesting to hear that thought process versus the LeBron thought process. Again, I don't have a problem with either one. It's just interesting to compare and contrast. You're not trying to step on too many people's toes. Well, no, it's not even not about stepping on too too many people's toes. As I've said on a number of occasions, both on wax and off wax, I don't have a horse in the race. So the goal for me is to not declare a winner here. I've said on a number of occasions that I I will never call LeBron greater than Jordan, regardless of what he does while he's still playing, because I'm going to judge that when his career stops. Because for a lot of Jordan fans, and here's where they can be a little bit annoying, there's nothing that LeBron can do right now in the moment that is going to make a Jordan fan change their mind. Nothing. It's nothing. It's You're nothing right he about do. that? He could, he could win the finals the next three years, and guess what people are going to say? LeBron fans are going to say, well, he got his six rings now. He's a GOAT. He took 12 times to do it. And, and ladies and gentlemen, who, who am I sitting next to? to a, a, Jordan. A, Jordan <laughs> a Jordan fan. So, look, he's never. there's never going to be anything in the moment that he can do nope. to where that is the hurdle that he gets over. This is the big thing that I want people to understand, and I really need to for you guys, I'm talking about LeBron fans, to understand this. Let's stop making the comparisons to LeBron and Michael, okay? Stop saying that LeBron is better than Jordan. The reason why y'all making that argument is because y'all looking at his stats. Y'all looking at the stats. Y'all looking at the numbers. That's it. For real. And basing it off of those. Because let's get it together. You know when LeBron came in at 18, Mike went to college. He played at 21. He took two years off. I get it. LeBron did not. He stayed full-fledged. He's Look. Did you? I wish you to watch. Uh, if you get a chance to watch, we had uh, the artist formerly known as the XFL STL Talk Show <laughs> some time Fight ago. Club. Some time ago, and I mentioned about uh, the comparisons. If you're looking at it from a wrestling standpoint, and I'm gonna put it there, yeah. 
Michael Jordan was Hulk Hogan. Because look what Hulk Hogan transcended to wrestling then yeah. and what Michael did with uh, transcending to wrestling, uh, I mean, <laughs> to basketball, yeah. that's a global game. Right. And Hogan made it global. You knew who Hogan was when you was going overseas. Yeah. Then you had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Remember when WWE's making that tail spin and they weren't going nowhere. They depended on Austin and The Rock. And that made the move. That's where Kobe came in. Yep. Around that same time, believe it or not. And then you got LeBron James. LeBron James is John Cena. John Cena's been there the longest. I've been here standing. He was like the guy that's been there for 18 straight years. Yep. Just kept it moving. Same thing with LeBron. And but he was with the kids. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He kept he kept Cena kept wrestling going where yep. people kept watching. LeBron keeps basketball going because they keep watching. Yes. That's why I. That's why that comparison it really does fit. I know people may not believe that, but it fits the narrative on where LeBron is right now. Yeah. But if you want to go from basketball standpoint, LeBron is Magic Johnson. He is. If LeBron doesn't want to consider himself a scorer, because he he's all I'm 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 pass first, right. shoot second, right. That's what magic was. I can rebound, I can pass, I can score. That's what magic could do. Right. And so, granted, his numbers are a whole lot better than magic's. But the reason that's the case is because he did it as I want to play my type of ball. Yeah. And even though he didn't have that killer mentality like magic did. The basketball, the court, the court vision and all that stuff, that's where it come from. Mike didn't have it. Right. Mike had, I'm going to destroy you by any means necessary. Yeah, Mike was like, look, give me the ball, I'm going to get the ball. And when he needed to pass, he made the pass. Now, Those are the differences. <laughs> it's also Same funny. Kobe. It's, also, it's also funny, though, seeing, like, people's reaction to like the whole like passing to John Passer or uh, what we'll see soon, which I rewatched and uh, the '97 Finals. Yeah, I was gonna say passing to Steve Kerr because they say, okay, well LeBron get flat for making the right you know basketball play. I don't think it's so much that LeBron gets flat for making the right basketball play. I think where and sometimes unfairly he has gotten criticism is. If you're the greatest or you're the best player on the court, sometimes you just gotta make that known. Sometimes you just gotta say, "Hey, give me the ball. I'm going to I'm going to take this from here because this is what we need. We need to win. We need a bucket. Whatever we need, I'm going to get it." I could have sworn that was about to happen in the twenty. What year was that when jo uh, 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 my boy uh, Smith had messed around? Oh, 2018. <laughs> was that 18? Yes. The greatest, I, think he, I think he wanted it then. The hands down, the greatest basketball performance I've ever watched from beginning to end. Greatest basketball performance I've ever watched beginning to end because LeBron was literally just like a puppet master. Just pulling strings. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Y'all not going to stop me. I'm going to get every single basket I want. Every shot's going to be efficient. And we do not talk about that game because J.R. Smith had a brain. There you go. We never talk about how great a performance that was. Because J.R. Smith ruined it. And that's the thing that I was looking forward to seeing Cohen from then on. But then it's like it's like they gave up after that. Oh, well, when they lost that game, 
Because, again, what people don't always remember is that the game went into OT. Correct. But when you when that happens, and we we got the video of LeBron on the bench, like sizzling hot. <laughs> you just seen the air it's just, just and he he hears that they had a timeout and didn't use it, and like you just see like him deflate. And the, just see him deflate on the bench. And at that moment you knew the, the series was over. If they yep. didn't win that game, it was over with. And so, you know, again, tying this all kind of back into what Jordan did and kind of what we're seeing in this doc. It's very easy now, for, again, for somebody like me who didn't get to live through the entire Jordan experience to see why he's regarded as the greatest because every little challenge that got put in front of him, regardless of how, if it took him longer than what you think or whatever, he overcame it. And, and... What goes very, very underrated, in my opinion, is the fact that he walked away after that first three-peat. He was mm-hmm. 30 years old. Yep. At the peak of his prime. Yep. And basically said, yeah, I'm not going to touch a, a basketball for 20 months. And came back and was still the best player on the game. <laughs> Think about it. I'm, I'm going to put this in layman's turn for you. If any of us play basketball for let's say six years straight and, and we're talking about like a wreck basketball we're not even talking about NBA basketball if we play for six years straight and don't touch a basketball for 20 months we're going to look terrible the next time we touch <laughs> a basketball am I, am I lying I feel like that with golf and I like I can say right now I haven't touched the golf club in quite a while I know if I go step out on the golf course right now, because I used to play golf for a long time. If I go back on the course right now, I'm going to be absolutely the worst player out there. And Mike came back and didn't skip a pee. And then going from basketball to baseball was already a challenge as it was. Two totally different sports. Two different types of training. Like, just thinking about, think about how, like, much downtime and how much idle time you have in a baseball game. Not as a fan, just as a player, where you're just standing on the field waiting on something to happen. You never have downtime on a basketball court in live action. Nope. The clock is going, you running up and down the court. Yep. So, to take off almost two years and come back as though nothing has changed. Now, granted, which I'm very happy the documentary showed this as well, that he came back and took an L to the Magic. We know that. And in game one, as Nick Anderson went on to say, <laughs> 45 didn't look like 23. Now, granted, Mike went on to switch back to 23 the second game and continued to look like himself. But I, as much as we do have to hold that against Mike, there is something to be said for coming into a season with 17 games left and basically playing 17 games and however, let's say another 15 to 20 in the playoffs, if that, because they met the Magic in the second round, if, I'm, right. not, in a, if right. I'm not mistaken. So at max, they were playing five game series in the first round. They lost in six to the Magic. So they could have, what, 28 to 30 games? They played they play four games against the Hornets because yeah. that was a 3-1 series for them. So 10 games. And then they played 10 games. So in 27 games, after being off 20 months, 
pretty good. And wait, what's crazy is that I'm not gonna lie. I can't I can't hate on it. As Mike, much as I want to, I can't hate on it. Mike played half of his games in the playoffs with 45. The other half with 23. Hey. <laughs> hey, now look. Also, something that and we talk about stuff that, you know, one player has done other that has a quick claim to fame for my boy Kobe. Of course, he got two numbers retired. Mike doesn't have 45 retired. But at the same time, you know, just quick, and, quick, and, quick and, shout and, out for and, my man. And, and I will say this, though. He did it 10 seasons with eight, 10, 10 seasons with 24. Look, I, I still will never know. I think he may have revealed why he did it. But still, it's still unprecedented that you're still able to dominate no matter what number you put on your body. Yeah. He's like, look, I, I can do this. I'm Kobe. So, um, <laughs> other fascinating thing for me from this from this doc that I just I, I absolutely love, and regardless of whose side of this whole thing that you on, you have to admit that Mike talking trash is the greatest gift they could have gave us. And not only that, man, making up a story. Just to destroy a guy yeah, that like, didn't even say nothing to him. Like, I'm bored on a Tuesday. Let me find a reason to go play the ball. My man said, I scored 37 on LeBravis Smith. It's like, man, I, I had a great game, 37 points. Made up a story and said, you know what? Great game, Mike. Let me tell you something. When I get back out there on the court, he told B.J. Armstrong this. I'm going to have what he had yeah. in the first half. And this fool went out and got – one point less, 36. 36 in the first half. Destroyed this kid <laughs> the next night. He didn't know what was happening. Second, look, second night of a back-to-back. What no low man. Then when they came back to him, he saw it. Uh, some reporters asked, hey, man, so tell us a bit about that uh, story about what LeBravis made. Yeah, I made that up, dog. What? <laughs> you serious? Man, so... Of course, like I said, we you know we creeping up on these last two episodes. Of course, we are gonna you know see Mike go through uh, you know ninety seven season, ninety eight season, last two championships with the Bulls. Of course, this thing's gonna come to an end. I know, I know it deep down in my heart that us as basketball fans, and more specifically y'all Jordan and LeBron fans, are gonna have this debate in full <laughs> disdain for the I other hope side. I don't want to come have Sunday. it. And I don't so, want to have it. So. Again, just you know, to make this real, I don't want to take up too much of y'all time, but just some some notes that I compiled for myself before we before we got <laughs> here. So, all right, if we're just going to simply look at some some notes on the resume from each player, starting with Mike, and this is just from a playoffs and finals appearances things to know standpoint. First playoff appearance came in Mike's second season. Which was talked about in the... It was his first. His rookie season, he got to the playoffs. He got bounced by the Bucks. I stand corrected. Rookie season. Now, my, mind you, the season that they show us on the last dance was the second season, which is why... Right. Which so was that, was the, yeah, that was the That was the breaking of the foot and all that. And right. they didn't want well, him to Well, let's get back. it straight real quick. They got swept by the Bucks, the yeah. Celtics. This is what people need to understand. And let me, I'm, I'm, I, have to, I have to throw this in. Mike's first nine seasons in the league, right? Each team, except the Bucks, were No, uh uh-uh, bump that. The Bucks were great. They had a great defensive team. Sidney Moncrief, Marcus Johnson, Terry Cummings, who was the rookie of the year the year before. Yeah. Or two years prior to that, they had a great defensive squad, man, that they couldn't be stopped. You know what I'm saying? That was a tough 
about to get over. Right. The Bucks, the Celtics, and the Pistons, they were they were Eastern Conference champs during that period before Mike got his taste of being an Eastern Conference champion going to the finals. That's something that you cannot – how can you disagree with that? That's a hard road to go through. You're trying to go through Paris. You're trying to go through Burry, Mikhail, Dennis Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, Joe Dumars, Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambeer. These are all labeled either Hall of Famers or considered some of the best players to ever play with those squads. And you're going to sit here and tell me that he was playing against plumbers? <laughs> see, see that what people don't understand is in this time of nature, there was certain roles everybody played on a basketball team. You had a superstar. You had his right hand, a great player, a good player, good, great player. You had role players. And then you had people that just sat there and beat up people. Yeah. Just for that. They did the dirty work. That was what a basketball team was back then. Right. It's just a shame that that that's the culture changed. When Kobe came in, the culture was changing. When LeBron came in, it changed again. That's true. That that's is, true. and that's why I get so animated about that kind of stuff, man. But please continue. Okay, so if okay, sorry, my bad. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this wrong now. But first playoff appearance comes in his rookie year. All four of Mike's first four playoff appearances in his first round losses. Correct. His next three appearances all come against the Detroit Pistons. Loses in the second round once. Loses in the conference finals twice. After that, three straight titles. 91, 92, 93. 93 against the Suns probably being one of the greatest, if not the greatest, finals performance we've seen over the course of the entire series from one player. Uh, which I'll get to that in a second when we talk about the whole finals conference. But 91-93, 3P retires. Bulls, which we saw again in the documentary, go to the conference finals without him in 94. Semis. They both were com- because the reason why I say that is because of um, New York played the Indiana Pacers in the conference final. Which was in 94. 95 was the semis for them. So both teams... The reason I can remember that, both of them was fighting in 94 for the finals. And it looked like the Pacers was going to beat the Knicks. And then when the winner was going to have to play against Houston. Right. So the Knicks got that. Then 95, it was the four teams, final four teams of that, Orlando, Chicago, Indiana, New York. When Indiana beat New York. And Orlando. Orlando the faced them. Yeah. And then Orlando got to the finals. Boom. Okay. So 94 retires. Yep. They, were, they went to game seven with the Knicks in the <laughs> second round. And I of course, was so hoping that they got there, but they didn't. And then, of course, you know, what happens, happens. They lose. The Knicks finally take them out. 95 comes around. Mike looking around like, look, I got the itch. <laughs> and you start going to practice with BJ Armstrong. Just start showing up. And people are like, okay, what's going on? He comes back. 17 games left. Plays in the playoffs. They lose a six to the Magic in round two. Yep. Next three years after that, another three. Yep. Knock off the Sonics in six. What Mike believed could have been a sweep, but he decided to take a few games off to make it the Father's Day. <laughs> y'all can't see all this right now, but if y'all could, y'all would see the. the I'm standing on that to the day I am dead. <laughs> I'm standing on that statement to now, the day now I look, am dead. I will say though, if he if that is fact, now granted, 
looking back on it, we can say whatever we want, right? And let's also not forget that Mike is co-producing this. So, but not only that, now, did you see him laugh when yeah, he the, saw look, The laugh it? was so sincere. We've already made a meme out of it. I've already saved it on my phone because I'm going to use that laugh whenever I get something that is coming very seriously from one person that I'm laughing He with. confirmed my stance. <laughs> he literally confirmed my stance at that moment. I was not prepared for that. I swear. I was not. But him laughing at that statement that Gary made, it's it's still like, that I had. The, like, the laugh came from, like, a deep. <laughs> because not only did he laugh, he did the head, like, that was a the head laugh, movement yo. with it. So, he says that he had, had no, no problem. Yeah, no problem with the glove. Wanted to win on Father's Day. Then knocks off the Jazz in 97-98. If y'all haven't gone back and looked at those games against the Utah Jazz in both of those series, the series was actually a lot closer than what you would think. And a lot tougher. Yeah. Now, granted, Carl Malone is a choke artist, so Man. <laughs> he, you know, he kind of ruined you ruined the Jazz's you chance know how a couple happy times. I was, bro, when I'm watching all twelve games, I'm talking about from both series. When he missed them free throws in Game One, didn't let me know right there they wasn't winning no title. And it's it's nope. funny going back and like watching those games on YouTube because. Bill Walton is one of the NBA on NBC commentators. Um, also, quick side note, timeout. Of course, this is the Price Check Podcast on the In The Zone Network. But also that I have to put on wax today, we must make the NBA great again and put the NBA on NBC. When the next TV deal comes back around, I don't know who NBC needs to go find to call these games. I don't care. Quite honestly, we need to hear Go the. Go get Mike Breen again. We Hell. need we need the NBC theme music back. We need the NBA NBA on NBC on Saturdays like we used to get. We need all of that. We need it all. I love you, Fox, for you doing your valiant effort with college basketball and instituting round ball rock. But you need to let that crap go because that's not yours. <laughs> never been yours. Should ever be in your possession. Yours. Never, yeah. But it was I, I, I entertained the thought. It was it's it's pretty cool or whatnot. But it doesn't belong there. No, it always belonged on the NBA on NBC. You knew what time it was <laughs> when you heard it. When the theme hit, it's time to watch basketball. And then not only not even just the theme music, but if you look at they most of these YouTube videos when you go back and watch the full games, they still have the old like kind of like build-up intros that yeah. NBC used to do. They used to sell this like this was like primetime television at 7 p.m. On a, on a Wednesday evening. Like, they sold you a story and then dropped the theme music on you. And then you got great basketball. Like, what, do you, what else do you need? Bring it back. I used, to love, I I used to love the day-night double, uh, the, the doubleheader games on Sundays. You knew what was going on, especially when the game, you know, you had the late game when either Seattle or um, somebody on Lakers was playing. Yep. And then the Bulls and New or the Knicks, because I mean the Magic when they took over the game, first game and stuff. Dog, you knew what time it was. I just need the NBA back on NBC. Dog, so, for real. Let's let's let's. Like, we need to petition that. I'm real. I'm down to start it. Coming live from the price check, we need it. I'm starting. To, I'll start the position. I will do it. Time to bring the NBA. <laughs> Look, we just need it back. The next TV deal, because I think they got to. They might have to renegotiate here in a couple years, like for real. 
I need the NBA back. I like ABC. Don't get me wrong. Love ABC. ESPN. Love them. TNT belongs where they were because TNT has been there for years. I think over 30 years now with Turner. And we love inside the NBA, all of that. But we, even if it's just one day a week, even <laughs> if it's just one day a week, we need the NBA. Give me at least give me the Saturday night game. Hell, I don't care. Man. Something Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. What y'all can spare a day? ESPN got what four, three days of the week at least. They had Wednesdays, man. Fridays, and most of the time Sundays. Sundays. And, then, and they got the Saturday night. They now. just added the Saturday. So game. come on, they can spare. They can spare one. Sunday is fine, man. I don't care. Those Saturday night primetime games that they do, since they only do like a handful of them anyway, just give those to NBC. <laughs> Please. Y'all can do it. It's like they start those like after the All-Star break up through the rest of the regular season, and that's all the Saturday night games you get. Just give it back to NBC. That was about as bad as the Christmas game. You know, after the Christmas game, that's when ABC would just automatically start up going into the new year. They stopped doing that. I'm like, come on, man. That's where that's where NBC could come in. Okay, so I, I'm off my my high horse and my soapbox or whatever we're gonna call it today. But okay, back to regularly scheduled programming. So we looked at Mike's just overall kind of playoff results. LeBron first playoff appearance, third season. First playoff appearance was lost in the second round. Never lost in the first round of the playoffs. Fun fact. Appears in his first NBA Finals, as we mentioned, in his second playoff appearance, fourth overall season, 22 years old. They get swept by the Spurs. Nobody thought the Spurs were losing that series. It's okay. That's that's not something I look at as a blemish to LeBron. It wasn't his fault that he had to drag David Wesley and Pavlovich and whoever else was on that team. So cool. Zagowski, yeah, like it, who was actually a pretty good senator. It, it was all right. Virgil, yeah. I mean, okay. We're not holding that against LeBron. 2008 to 2010 has a very similar situation to what Mike faced with the Pistons, where he goes against the Celtics, loses twice in the second round um, in 2008, 2010, 2009, loses in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Orlando Magic. I don't hold his Orlando Magic loss against him, and here's why. That matchup, nightmare for them. LeBron is the biggest guy that the Cavs had outside of their centers. You had two guys at 6'10", Rashard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu, that were just random starters on the wing for Orlando. Just Just out there. Knocking down everything. You got (laughs) – this was – so, like, if you think about it, though, that Orlando team in 2009, in a way, kind of introduced a version of small ball that we see today where you get one – Big that you know is going to rim run, rebound, play defense, and you're just surrounded with four shooters. Because that's really what they had. They had Jameer Nelson, they had JJ Reddick, young Courtney Lee, they had Rashard, they had Hito, they had my man Skip to my Lou. Skip to my Lou! Skip to my Lou, Ray Austin. They had guys, man. So, again, I don't hold that one against them. If you d- decide to do so, great. I will say that should have been the year that we got LeBron versus Kobe in the finals. Again, not gonna hold it against LeBron because my man came out with the title anyway. Not gonna hold it against. Him. 2010. Cause the bias kicking in. Look, a little bit, a little bit. We gotta look again. I got time today. Okay. I got time today. Yep. So then, 2010 rolls around. He decides to take his talents to South Beach. Now, mind you, again, LeBron fans, I have to present the facts as they are. When he arrived in Miami. Everybody knew that we were going to see something we hadn't seen before, right? What they should not have done, looking back on it, 
was hold whatever that version of a press conference or party was in the American Airlines Center and say, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. That's, you You can't do that one because you only end up being there for four years while you made the finals in all four of those years. It came out with two wins. I'm going to take, take something else from that. In 20, the 2012 finals, let's not forget, that was a shortened season, too. That was a 66-game season. I didn't count that. I just didn't. <laughs> hey, look, it was a 66-game season. It was a shorter season. Call it what you want. I don't care. Talk about, man, you don't know. I don't care. That was a short season. But I will give him 2013 what he did against the Spurs because I'm pissed off about that series because of Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That too pissed me off. I wanted to see the decimation of the Heat at that moment. All Kawhi Litter had to do was hit another free throw. That series is over. Yes. Ray Allen's three means nothing. Nothing. But he had to make a free throw. And the question you saw, but they had game seven. It wouldn't have mattered if it would have made the free throw. Now, as you bring that up, though, quietly a very, 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 very good LeBron performance. A great LeBron performance in that game seven that people don't really acknowledge. Yeah, because he had. they say that Ray saved him with the shot in game six, which, in a way of speaking, yes, Ray saved him. But I think you look back at the box score, I'll pull it up here in a second. But I want to say Ray might have had like 10 points that game. Come on, the, the 95 game? No, in the in the 2000. In that game six or seven? In game six, in which Ray hits the shot. Ray, you need it. You need it. <laughs> You need the shot. You need it. So uh, I get I get the side of the argument where you say you you know again he got saved, but I again me personally I don't necessarily look guess who it. didn't shoot it. All right, all right. Point taken. So 2011, 2018, eight straight finals appearances for LeBron between two teams, which I think that fact kind of gets lost too. He went to eight straight finals, but he went to four with Miami and said, you know what, I'm gonna pack up and leave and go back to Cleveland, get it all over again. <laughs> that like that's. If you're going to, again, if you're going to make the argument for LeBron, you have to kind of start with the fact that one person shouldn't be able to rattle off eight finals appearances in a row. Flip side of this, the annoying Jordan fans, a lot of them say that if Mike didn't take the two years off, that it was a walk that he would have had eight straight finals Now, this is where I come in and play with this. Now, before seeing the Last Dance documentary, I would have said no, that wouldn't have happened because they would have had to run into Houston. Learning what I know from the Last Dance, I would almost have to be that annoying Jordan fan <laughs> and sit there and say that could have happened because of how Mike was and Mike wanted to win. So here he did anything he could to get over a king. So here's my argument. Horace Grant plays for the team in 94, leaves in 95. Correct. Before the 95 season. Yep. They don't have a power forward. Correct. Uh, again, if you go back and really watch the 95 series against the Magic, Mike actually played very well outside of, I think, what, like game one and maybe the closeout. Or, I'm sorry, game three, not closeout game. But part of the reason why Orlando beat them the way that they did. Six, I, 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 I'm sorry. No. Game six, I'll give you that because he was tired. More than that, right? Part of the reason that happened, though, was because Orlando, like with Shaq, was just so much bigger in the paint. Again, having to also go against Horace Grant now and not have him on that side, they just don't have the size to match up with them. They did. So, 
Do I think they probably get either another win or at least another finals appearance in 94? Probably so. I, I could they would have won against Houston. Would have won against Houston. Do I think in 94 would they have beat a team? And I don't know. That That's always going to be interesting to me because I don't think they had anybody that – if they lost to Shaq, they were losing to a king. All Mike would have needed to hear was Vernon Maxwell could stop That's all Mike needed to hear. If he would have said if, – if they would have had that matchup and he heard that Vernon Maxwell could stop him, they would have knocked off the Houston Rockets. And they were saying and, – and, and, and Mike has said on occasion you – know, well, I take that back. There was a book that was out about the whole 72 and 10 team that said they had a hard time beating Houston. Yeah. On the road. That would have been the challenge. Yeah. So, and I definitely don't think they win a title in 95 with or without Mike for the full season because they just didn't have the size to get past Orlando regardless. It would have been interesting to see if Horace Grant would have stayed if Mike would have came for the 93-94 year. So that was the other thing I was going to get to. If I'm Horace, I might look up and still take that chance to go play with Shaq and Penny because what we have to realize about him going to Orlando, one, he already had rings. Yep. He had already gotten three rings. Yep. So it's not necessarily, though, that he has to ring Chase. But if you're going to do it, I might want to go do it with the young guys in Orlando that look unstoppable versus aging with what could be be considered an aging Mike, even though that's not how people thought of him at the time. That's a thought process you could have had. Mm-hmm. And if we also being honest about this, the way things went with the Magic was the absolute worst case scenario. They basically had Shaq and Penny together for what was really like three years. And you know what? You want to know why that happened? It was only three years? Because of the man by the name of Michael Jordan <laughs> decimated them. <laughs> Come on, man. See, you, he was gonna bring it back around. He was but, gonna bring it back. But that around. was the thing. I didn't, I didn't have to. He was gonna bring it back around. That was so, the thing, bro. Come on, man. So we gonna get back to LeBron finals appearances real quick. All right, eight consecutive finals appearances. 2011. And this again, I have to apologize to LeBron fans again because I have a lot of my close friends who are LeBron fans. A lot of people I know that LeBron fans. I don't I mean to bring this up bring to make up. y'all angry. Bring it up to step on nobody's feelings. Bring it up. But if we're going to have the GOAT debate and LeBron's going to be involved, somebody has to answer for what happened in 2011 against the Mavericks. Exactly. Somebody has to answer for it. Not only – so not only and, were, and just let you know, yep. at this point, the annoying Jordan fans going to come out. So um, he, he warned y'all. So you, you've been warned. 2011, his just kind of basic stats on average yep. against the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. 17 – Point eight points per game, mm-hmm. 7.2 rebounds, 6.8 assists. Mm-hmm. Okay. In game four, mm-hmm. that's the run I'm ready for you to come out with. Eight points. Michael never had single digits in the finals game. That's, that's LeBron's biggest red flag. Michael had never had LeBron's biggest red flag is what happened in that series against Dallas. Because let's also not forget, let's also not forget, we brought up game four in which he scored only eight points. That's also a game where Dwayne Wade had 32 points. That's also a game where Chris Bosh had 24 points. They were up 2-1 and lost every game the rest of the series. Are you finished with the 2011 season? I'm, with that one? I'm done with 2011. Let me, all right, let me throw this one in. This is the annoying Jordan fan coming out of me. 
let you let us understand this. If you consider the greatest player in the world, you should never have anybody. And I mean anybody. Teammates, coaches, uh, trainers, cameramen, videographers, any of that. Telling you, you need to get in the game. You need to get yourself together. You considered the best player in the world, and you gonna sit here and tell me that this dude the greatest player of all time, and you gotta have Dwayne Wade come and tell you? I need you. Get your ass in the game. I need you here. I need you here. That ain't okay. You can't be considered the greatest player in the world and somebody have to tell you what to do. You say, shut the hell up, give me the ball. You did none of that. None of that. Mike never needed that. Mike never needed it. That's book. And then another thing, this is it too. Tell me about them damn shirts that y'all said about Dirk being soft. Because after that, he blew your ass up in game six and beat the snot out of y'all at home. Mike never lost a closeout game at home. As a matter of fact, he ain't lost a closeout game in the finals. So you wanna sit here and tell me that? I wanna know, what was the reason behind that? Cause y'all thought it was funny and then he decimated y'all, made y'all look like crap. Just like that. Mike ain't never had that issue. Cause he was making sure that that wasn't gonna happen. Point blank, 1993. I'm only going back with one suit. When he went to Phoenix, I'm only going back with one suit. LeBron ain't the greatest of all time, y'all. Get that out your brains. <laughs> you can say whatever else at this point. You can even go back to 2014, how he said the same thing reverse about Dwayne Wade. I need help from you, dude. Where you at? Guess what? It already failed when it happened in 2011 with the reverse. When it happened with LeBron, needed some help. And he didn't help. It doesn't even matter at this point. And let's not talk about the Warrior Finals, man. Hey, Those so, are jokes. <laughs> so, I will say, looking back at all of these, both for LeBron and for Mike, kind of crazy when you look at some of the numbers that both of them have put up in final series. So, oh, yeah. 20, 2015 for LeBron against the Warriors. Mind you, they lost. That's the first Warriors championship. But this is also when Kyrie Irving is hurt in game one. I think Kevin Love missed the entire series. Right. LeBron, he it. LeBron averages 35.8 points a game. So basically 36 points a game, 13 rebounds, 8.8 assists. He had a kick. <laughs> he did about as much as you really could with, with the guys <laughs> around him. When you can average almost nine assists and really the second best player you have on offense by the time you get to the end of that series is Matthew Dellavedova, that's kind of saying something. Hey, the people that they put out on the court, that ain't got nothing to do with, with the fact that it would still happen. That's, now, the, that's the annoying Jordan fan coming in. See? Now, that's the series that I statistically thought was LeBron's best. Performance-wise, I guess you'll probably say the 16 finals that they came back from 3-1. But mind you, they were also down 3-1 in the first four games. The greatness came out in those last three. However, he he put his foot on their neck when he needed to. Now, if you go and look at Mike's best finals appearance, which, of course, we talked about, 93 93. versus Suns. 41 points a game. That includes the 55-point game. Eight and a half rebounds, 6.3 assists. What did they say about Mike's worst finals? We could do that, too. I have that here as well. Worst finals for him is 96 against yep. the Sonics. 
average for the series, 27 a game, yep. 5.3 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Yep. Now, again, included in that is the two games, I guess technically three games if you count all the last three where Gary Payton <laughs> guarded them. But, again, they came out on time. Gary Payton's defense is going to be, I mean, Mike didn't get uh, all of his points that he needed. You know what I'm saying? Right. I wore him down. If you wore him down, they would have been a game seven. You would have won the series. Correct. My stand still – I still stand on that, man. <laughs> Four and five, they took nights off, man. They didn't care about those two games. Oh, They man. didn't because it was already up 3-0. And then, let's not forget what, the closest – they had the close game in game four. I think they won by, like, four points. Right. But, the, what, but what happened? Who controlled the game throughout? The Bulls did. So, it was no chance where – there's no legit chance that the, the, the Sonics were going to actually beat them. And then they got murdered in game three. So, <laughs> see, I'm like, dude, they could have won in four if they wanted to. But then they, uh, this will LeBron haters come in. Oh, so look, so the greatest of all time get to take games off? Did it come out in a championship? Oh, okay. Still came out in a championship. He didn't lose it, now did he? His team didn't lose, now did he? It's it's all there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's the just the. I'm not saying it because I'm a Jordan fan. I'm like, just look at it. He if he take a game off, at least it's noticeable. You know, it's noticeable and be like, dude, what the hell? 2011, he was distant. I'm talking about straight up distant. Where can you find this dude? Where is LeBron? LeBron out there in the court, but not his body. <laughs> Where are you? Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> Straight up, man. That's what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm sitting there talking about, dude. Hey, Y'all so, want to make these arguments about LeBron the greatest of all time, man? Get the hell out of here. So, again, I don't have a horse in I'm not putting any of this out here. To make Put it out there, man. I, look, I'm not putting anything out here to make a decision one way or another because, again, my – my thought is never going to be final until LeBron finishes his career. But what I will say is LeBron still got a ways to go. Still got a ways to go to catch Mike. Do I think he could potentially get there? There's a roadmap. There's a roadmap. It doesn't even matter anymore. There's a roadmap because regardless of how – so let's say, again, for argument's sake, Let's say LeBron gets three rings with the Lakers in the next five years. Let's say he plays till he's 40 in time, including this year through the end, gets three more rings. If he if he plays till he's 40. He might do it too, man. He Because, again, the argument for LeBron is also that we have not seen a peak or a prime sustained for this long. If he can play... Not only to about, you know, like that 39, 40 years old range, which seems very plausible. Wins, let's say he does win three rings to even Mike at six. Granted, you say he had, you know, six opportunities to get there. I mean, he has six losses along with the six wins. Okay, 12 total opportunities to get there. I get it. 12 finals appearances, you win six of them. He could also, by that time, be the all-time leading scorer in league history. 
who's to say that he won't have another MVP or two by the end of all this? Who's to say that he's not? I think he has a chance to maybe, and we can probably fact check this before the end of the podcast too, but I think LeBron has a chance to become the only player to be either top five or top ten in points, rebounds, and assists all time. As a possibility. And not to mention he would really be the only person ever to be the best player on three different championship teams in yeah. his career. That's true. It's a roadmap. It's it's not inconceivable. It's not out of the realm of possibility. There's a roadmap nope. to it. For most Jordan fans, probably not going to happen. Not going to change your mind. <laughs> but hey, I, I felt that way about Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. But guess what? He won. Perfect example, right? I so, can't sit there and be like, it ain't going to happen, man, because it can. Again, I don't have a horse in the race, so I'm just interested to see how it all plays out. And again, I, I got a little bit, a little bit of rooting interest for LeBron, at least for the time being, while he still wears a <laughs> Lakers jersey. So, you know, I, I just want things to get interesting. But right now, I think there's nothing that you can lay out for me that definitively says LeBron's a go. I can I can see the argument for it. He's the greatest of this generation. Definitely. No, no, no question. Definitely. Greatest of this no generation. No question. He's obviously the greatest player of the 2010s. He he could very well be the most gifted player we've ever and seen. And I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna say this again. LeBron James is what every coach ever wants. Serious. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Because the guy can pass, he can rebound, he can score, he can he can shoot it from the outside. You know what I mean? He can get down on the floor. He's more of a chase down defender. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I know he's not a real set defender, so he likes to chase down. Because he likes to get the highlight. But that's a whole other story. But I'm diminishing him. I'm not I'm not mean to diminishing him. But my thing is He's able to do those type of things, and coaches will love that because he's an unselfish guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, not to mention, when you play in NBA 2K, that's the type of guy that you be putting on your squad. When you create a player. You want to be able to do everything. You want to do it all. You want to be able to do everything. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't put yourself as a role player, a bench player. You ain't B.J. Armstrong. You ain't, uh, what's my man, uh, Jamal Crawford. You ain't that at all. No. You looking to be LeBron James. And so you want to do it all, fill the stat sheet, win the NBA championship, win the MVP, all that stuff. That's the kind of guy that we all wanted. Here is the problem. We was looking for the killer mentality. We was looking for him to be just like Mike and Kobe. When, when the game was on the line, move out the way, give me the ball, I'm going to put the team on my back, and we finna win. Instead of making the pass, which is what he did, make the basketball play instead of making the selfish play. Right. And we was looking for more of that. And that's what makes it so polarizing. Yeah. Because most polarizing player we've ever seen coming to the NBA. Hell yeah. Most by hands down, most polarizing Woo! player we've ever seen. Because there is no, there is almost no middle ground on LeBron. Like, except for and again, there's not a lot of me's in the world where I just kind of look at everything. Like holistically when it comes to like eras and who's the greatest and all this because what we also haven't talked about and probably don't have enough time for in today's show arguably the real GOAT should be Kareem 
No question. But again, we won't get into that whole debate. We'll save that for maybe another. We'll maybe do a, a second pandemic edition of <laughs> the price check where we go into Kareem resume a little bit. But LeBron is literally the like if you just got to build a player from scratch, you would create LeBron James. No question about you it. You would create LeBron. Any, I don't care who your favorite player is. I don't care who your favorite team is. I don't care if he's beat your favorite team. If you had the opportunity to create a basketball player from scratch, you want that player to do everything LeBron. No, no matter how tall you created him to be, whether he was five foot five or seven foot seven, yeah, that's the guy that you wanted to do. Uh, you wanted to create him as, and that's the thing, is that that's the guy we wanted, but we didn't get everything that we wanted from him. But but honestly, that's what we should have accepted. Because that's what the game was supposed to be about the team and not himself. But we got so enamored with with Kobe and with Michael with their accomplishments solo that that's what we expected when we got LeBron James. Heck, we when when we asked about the second coming of Michael Jordan, it was Grand Hill, Penny Hardaway at first, right? And then Kobe came, and then Kobe started getting that mindset like Mike did. And then we instantly promoted him as Jordan 2.0. Right. Like they, and I ain't gonna sit there in front of you, man, since you're a big Mike and Kobe fan. That was Jordan, that is Jordan 2.0, but he just did it with more finesse. Yeah. He made it look more, he made it more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I said it, finesse. Yeah. He had more finesse with it. And the other thing, like Kobe said it himself, in the, the short time that he was actually in the Last Dance documentary, everything that he gave you was Mike. Like there was no, there was no sugarcoat that there was no trying to hide that or anything. And he wanted say that to, that's a reach. It ain't a reach. It came from his mouth. I'm only telling y'all what the man told why, me. Why, why would he say it? What you think Mike said in his ear? Hey, I need you to tell everybody that he was me incarnated. So at the end of the day, we have to take that at face value. Now, LeBron also didn't do himself any favors. I kind of mentioned the whole thing with the press conference. It was not all him, by the way. Let's not. He just happened to be the one that was talking at the time. But the whole thing that they did with the parade and all that in Miami before they actually even got on the court wasn't necessarily his doing. He's kind of the person that has to answer for it by default since D-Wade and Chris Bosh are both no longer in the league for different reasons, obviously. And he's no longer on Miami. Is what it is. But I will say LeBron is LeBron is different in the fact that regardless of the win-loss record, you feel his impact a lot of the times. I, I we can probably take those few games that we mentioned in 2011 out of the equation, but a lot of times you can still feel his impact on the court. Just in most of those finals appearances, he went up against the better team. I should not have my blood pressure rising on a guy that has no impact on my life. But it did because for the main part, because they, it's just like what's said about Jordan. He was elevated so high that you wanted to see him lose. Yeah. The same thing I was saying for LeBron, except I wanted to see him lose. Yeah. Instead of enjoying the greatness from within, the fan in me was like, dude, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this dude. I want you to lose. 
I felt that way about Kobe, especially when he got drugged by 39, when his team got drugged by 39 <laughs> points hey, don't, don't, in the 08 finals. Don't, don't do that to me right now. Don't, don't, oh, you got it back in don't, 2010, don't, so don't, stop. Don't, stop. Hey, no, no, because here's here's how I feel about that, and we can start to wrap this up in a second. Yeah. 2008, the series is totally different if they don't blow the leading game. Four. 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 It changed, that changed the whole series. Changed the whole series because instead of the game, instead of the series being tied two two, they went to game five down three one. We weren't coming back. From that. It just is what it is. Now the fact that they went to Boston and got embarrassed, totally different story. You just you, it was what it was. You got embarrassed. Now again, Kobe used that as fuel. Which <laughs> if y'all go back to two thousand nine, that arguably was the best version of those. Celtics teams, KG just got hurt and spent most of the season hurt that year. A lot of people don't think about that, which is how Orlando ended up in the Eastern Conference Finals instead of Boston again. Because it was supposed to Boston and Cleveland again. Right. Now, however you feel about LeBron not being able to get past the Magic, okay, cool. We didn't get to see the, the Kobe versus LeBron matchup that we all wanted. Okay, cool. 2010, Kobe definitely needed to win that. However, I'm also going to take my bias out of it again. Kendrick Perkins getting hurt changes that series, too. It did. Now, I don't think, I, again, it did. I'm not sitting here saying that I think the Lakers would have lost that series just because Kendrick Perkins is out there, but it changed the series. It did. Because if, if I remember correctly, Boston was up three games to two. And lost the last two. Now, again, I, I laid out all the Kobe accomplishments and all that at the beginning, so I ain't got to rehash none of that. At the end of the day, all three players we've talked about have done things that a lot of other people are either never going to accomplish or it is going to take a very long time for somebody else to come back and do the game. Nobody's so, going to do what Michael Jordan was able to do in his basketball career. Nobody, not even LeBron. Because when I say that, how he transcended the game, LeBron... It was already transcended when LeBron and Kobe got there. He, like, the only thing that can say that changed was the culture. I said this off air. We had a whole commercial out here from Gatorade where people that had never picked up a basketball in their life said they wanted to be like Mike. Is what it is. That, that's greatness if you need to put it into some type of, again, like layman's term for, for lack of a better phrase, but. We had people watching Gatorade commercials that said they wanted to be like Mike and never play basketball. I'm surprised Rich Paul ain't got oh boy LeBron into more bigger endorsements. Now, I think the reason for that is because LeBron is establishing his own brand to where he doesn't need to necessarily have an endorsement because he is the, the endorsement. Yeah, he's the product. You are coming, whether it's to the basketball game to the sports agency, to the TV show, whatever, because LeBron James has a hand in it. Not, I'm going to now buy this Kia because I saw LeBron James in the Kia commercial. Not necessarily the same way. With For Mike, you picked up a Gatorade because you wanted to be like Mike. You yeah. bought some sneakers because you wanted to be like Mike. You went it, to big, you wanted to get a Big Mac just because you saw Mike Gimple. Right, so a little bit, little bit different but at the end of the day, all of these guys have done something that we've never seen. We're not going to get another LeBron James. No. Nope. It, it ain't Zion. I don't, so yeah, please. Take please, that taste out your mouth. Please. And I, I love Zion. Not going to be LeBron. Nope. I just need everybody 
because I again I have been in y'all shoes, LeBron fans, where you have this historic criteria or historic comparison to try to live up to for that player. And it takes away just from what they are and how meaningful they are to the sport in the now. Funny, it's supposed to be playoff time right now for the NBA. I, I literally, so I literally was just saying this earlier. We were supposed to be in like the second round of the playoffs today, right. and I'm upset about it. I'm right hot. We supposed to be in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I am hot. <laughs> I am really upset at whoever Corona is. We gotta get her. Ass, we gotta get her ass out of here. We got to get her ass out of here, okay? NHL, Look, NHL playoffs, baseball season. None of that. We ain't get none of that. None of that. Then I got to sit here and potentially watch the NBA Finals with no fans in the stands, bro. Granted, we probably are going to hear a level of trash talk and all kinds of stuff that we ain't never heard before if we can actually get this back because of how they could probably do, like, the mics and stuff like that. But, damn, we ain't got no atmosphere. Hey, the clean, the cleanliness is going to be out the window because we going to hear everything. Oh, every shoe squeak. Yo. Everything, though. Hey, if you go, if you get a chance, y'all, go back and watch because somebody got it. Just watch the 1998 NBA All-Star game. Yeah. Or any All-Star game afterwards. When I say the language on that is so colorful, <laughs> and you're talking about, and that was with 20,000 fans in the arena. Oh, yeah. Imagine what it's going to be like with we are, zero. We are getting the highest level of Crayola <laughs> colorful language once these games come back. It ain't even going to be it, dude. Just get ready. Man, look. So, I I, I, okay, this is my thing. I, I don't want it to happen. And the reason why I say this is because it's all about safety. And I, I understand we are we are sports fans, and we deserve that much. You know what I'm saying? Are we still taping? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's at the check. Dog, I was like, okay. We still going. All right. But my thing is, we keeping that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, hey, just, just because, man. Y'all yeah, because it's it quarantine edition. Right, quarantine uh, edition. Of well, yeah, but I would say that um, the safety of the players is more important than going out and playing a game. Right. Because if you go out and do that and something does happen, it's going to lead to this all over again. Yeah. And when we heard that Rudy Gobert and uh, – had the coronavirus. Woo! Do you know we all wanted to blame the season? Bro, this man, Rudy was out here tripping though. Yeah, he was. Rudy was tripping yeah. because my man, I, and obviously he didn't know at the time, but my man out here touching mics. He out here like bringing people over to shake hands and stuff. Dog, like, what you, what? Go home, cuz. <laughs> what, what are you, you doing? What, no, baby, what you doing? Oh, no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy was out here tripping. But yeah. I do, to again, to kind of bring all this back full circle, while I think LeBron got time on his side still, not as much time as what he would probably like. He still has a little bit of time on his side just because obviously we're never going to see Michael Jordan pick up basketball again. But also, fun fact for the folks who are adamant about neither one of them being able to play in the opposite person's era, please shut up. It won. Y'all thought that people couldn't stop Charles Barkley in the early 90s. Imagine what happened if we dropped LeBron off in 93. 
they didn't, we weren't seeing nothing like that in basketball. And like, a dude at six nine that could be the fastest dude on the court, get from end to end with no problem, jump higher than any. Like what? You know? I would have loved for him to go against the Knicks. Oh, because you know the Knicks are gonna throw punches, but <laughs> especially Charles and Anthony Mason. Oh yeah, they've been ready for him. And same thing with people saying think twice about coming through this lane. And again, now I think. Probably, of course, everybody got knocked on their ass in the 90s and the 80s and all that. LeBron wouldn't have been no different. But at the same time, LeBron would have still got his. Just like he, he would have toughened now. it up. Yeah. He, he still be getting his numbers just like I want to say he wasn't going to do it, I'm going to be real. That he would have got his points, but it would have been the hardest to get. Yeah. Le- LeBron, still, he would still be the same player, though. Mike, you dropped him off in 2020. We had – we can't hand check. We – we are watching James Harden the past few seasons average between like 32 and 35 a game. Mike's going 40, 50, 40, 45 at the most. What y'all, what y'all gonna do with Mike? Because apparently, so so if we're talking about, you know, people saying that he played against all these bums and stuff in the night, you know, the 80s and 90s, who's stopping him now? Wesley Matthews? Y'all go, what y'all gonna do? Put Trevor Reeves they- on him? They would have been mad at Mike so much. They would have had to make a Michael Jordan rule around him. And before we go, let's not forget that Mike came back at 38 and 39 years old was still averaging 20 a game. And we knew Mike was washed. We knew Mike wasn't the same. And he was still out here giving y'all 20 a night. I remember the 40 ball he gave. (laughs) Oh, my God. The 51 he gave against the Nets. At 38. And also, fun fact, to end on this note, Kobe gave him 55 when he came back in that Wizards jersey. Just saying. Hey, he closed out his career. Okay, the 60 <laughs> ball that he did to close out his career. Yeah. It was selfish, but I understood. Why. Y'all know Kobe wasn't passing the ball in this his last game. 60. Y'all didn't. Y'all didn't talk for 20 years calling that man a ball hog. Y'all thought he was gonna pass now. <laughs> What sense does that make? I, I understood it. Y'all smoking dope or dog food? One or two? I understood it. Y'all I thought un- he was going to pass I on his last night? I understood nah. it, yo. Not going to happen. I really did. Not going to be able to do it. He said, man, I ain't finna go out like that. No. no. I ain't yeah. going out like how Mike did. I ain't going out like how Shaq did. I'm not going out like that. No. I'm going out here and getting buckets. But I will say this about Kobe. Kobe was the most loyal his franchise and maybe that's because that he caused the most drama or whatever but the Lakers chose to keep him instead of trade him however there were times he wanted out hey I look I remember I remember Kobe asked to be traded we thought he was going to the Bulls <laughs> I remember the Clippers were going as far as saying we'll go play games in Anaheim so Kobe can come play for us because that was closer to his house than what the Staples Center was. Kobe, Kobe could have left. I think in his heart of hearts, though, he knew leaving the Lakers just it was whatever he did after that was not going to mean as much. The same could be said for Tim Duncan. You know, yeah. we don't give him a lot of play either. But Tim stayed loyal to the San Antonio Spurs no matter how good they were, no matter how bad they were. Now, where I do give just a little bit of pushback okay. on Tim Duncan. The infrastructure there for him was set up in a way that I don't think any other 
great player has truly had to where he's had the same coach, GM, and pretty much the supporting cast almost the entirety of his career. Again. Almost. I mean, he got he got Manu and Parker a little bit later into the career, but he came in the league in what ninety six. He had the same coach. Well, all right, so he had half a coach, right? Uh, I think it was Bob Hill because he was he got sick and tired of Dennis Rodman two years prior to that, <laughs> <laughs> and shipped Dennis that. out of town. They shipped him out, boy. And Greg took over, and because a lot of people say you know that was the only losing. I think it was last year. Did he have a losing season last year? No, they they was uh they were in the playoffs last year. This that, would have been the year that he had his first losing season. So I look the Spurs the Spurs probably don't want the NBA to come back. Wash. No, I mean keep our playoff streak alive. He bro. still would have got a losing season because you keep with what you had at that ah, point. This is true. This is true. Everything is on record. Everything is on record. Just like right. everything here is on wax. Yeah. We came we came with it today, my man. All into the A train lane. Ooh, I'm sorry, I know man. you. I know you got a little fired up, but it's okay. We needed it. We needed it. Man. Look, LeBron fans, I tried for y'all. I did. I know y'all don't believe it right now, but I tried for y'all. I, I wanted. I wanted to put everything on the table as it was, so that we can look at it unbiased. I tried for y'all. I'm sorry, man. I tried. I, I couldn't help it, man. I tried. I but again, LeBron still got time left. Unfortunately, we do not have too much time left but thank you all for joining us on this here edition of the price check podcast my man all into the a train lane on everything uh you know production wise and also coming to join me for the show today but until next time whether we got the nba back by then or not this is the price check this is josh price checking out